Welcome to the Over the Horizon podcast. On this episode, Mike Scott interviews two South American air officers, Leon Latell from the Brazilian Air Force and Erman Almanacid from the Colombian Air Force to discuss past, present, and future challenges for South America, including violent extremist organizations and growing Russian influence across the continent. Before we begin, we invite you to connect with Over the Horizon Journal on our website, OTHJournal.com, on Facebook at OTHMDOS, Twitter at OTH underscore MDOS, or in LinkedIn by searching for Over the Horizon. We also invite your feedback on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast client. All right, good morning. Uh, I'm Mike Scott, and this is another podcast for Over the Horizons. Uh, we have two officers from the Southern Command Area of Responsibility, Colombia and Brazil, and uh, I'd like you guys to introduce yourselves this, this time. I'm Major Leandro Natal from Brazilian Air Force. I'm a transport pilot. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Okay, good morning. I'm uh, Lieutenant Colonel Herman Almunacid from Colombian Air Force. I'm a uh, attack and transport pilot, and it's a pleasure. Over the Horizons generally looks at future security threats, but I thought it'd be important to take a second to look at historical contributions. The Colombian military contributed forces to the United Nations mission in the Korean War, and the Brazilian military contributed forces to the Allied cause in World War II. Those contributions are often lost in our own discussions of the histories, and uh, can you both expand on what they mean to your militaries in terms of historical significance? Uh, Korea's war is very important for the uh, Colombian military because this war was for the first time Colombia participated in a big international uh, coalition and creating solid ties with different nations like uh, South Korea. Um, and this war uh, provide full of pride of the to the military forces and already represent the spirit and the human capacity of each Colombian soldier serving a, a just cause. Uh, we are now uh, in different international agreement, not only regional, but also around the world. And we have uh, increased our capacity and being not partner uh, reflect our uh, commitment uh, to the international security. Sir. Um, the Brazilian Air Force was already independent in, during the World War II, and that was, in fact, the only actual real combat experience for the Brazilian Air Force was that after that conflict, our constitution uh, prohibited the country, the armed forces, to get involved in conflicts overseas. And after that war, we kept our close ties with the countries, especially with the United States, to share uh, training, education, doctrine, also equipment. So that was really important. And from that experience, we, we may say that we developed our Air Force and we ha what we have today. Awesome. Great. Um, so now getting at some of those uh, future security threats, um, 
violent extremist organizations or terrorist organizations have uh, started to expand into the, the Southern Command area of responsibility. Um, Hezbollah operates in the tri-border and near, new tri-border regions, and uh, ISIS has recruited uh, in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so in your opinions, how, what do you see the roles or responsibilities of your organizations or your countries in deterring that threat in your region? The role of the military force is changing the world. Uh, due primarily the expansion of the transnational threats like terrorism, drug trafficking, the body trafficking, etc. Uh, Colombia has faced uh, those threats for a long time, but the threats uh, facing the region superpass the capacity of the police force. Now, uh, this is the reason is crucial uh, establish a clear doctrine and develop uh, on solid legislation uh, to allow the military forces to act against the, the, the streets. Uh, in addition, it's very important to generate an international strategies of military cooperation uh, to use the capabilities in um, a combined manner. Uh, Colombia has established a lot of international agreement with different countries, but unfortunately, uh, not all governments in the region uh, are in favor that they coordinate work. Uh, however, the Colombian force work 24 hours against terrorism, narco-traffic, with, in cooperation with other countries like Brazil, Paraguay, Ecuador, Peru, uh, almost every country in Central America, all countries in North America, even with countries in Europe like French, uh, in order to protect the individual security, that is a big issue now, not only the national security, but uh, also to prevent the internal criminal groups uh, to create uh, ties with extreme groups like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, or Hezbollah. Uh, you know, these uh, terrorist organizations, they don't carry out violent actions in my country, but we know that they use this border area for fundraising, by uh, smuggling, money laundering, and the institution in Brazil that's responsible to fight this kind of activity is the federal police, and our job as the Air Force is to back them, to support them with the military means that we have. And Brazil, as a country, uh, has a role of uh, cooperating with other countries, with uh, international agencies, so that we can carry out a joint effort to fight and to stop this kind of activity that supports these organizations for their violent actions across the, the world. Uh, moving beyond the, the terrorists or transnational organized crime threat, um, Russia has a, kind of a rise in influence in the, uh, your area of responsibility. Um, they've got historical relationships with Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. We've seen long-range bomber activity into Venezuela. Um, do you see those Russian influence activities spreading beyond the traditional three countries or uh, kind of staying with those three? For me, it's clear that Russia is increasingly influenced becoming in import international actor with global influence, and Latin America is not indifferent at this event. 
uh, in addition, Russian influence uh, in military affairs uh, called alternative regional stability, mainly because there are those three countries, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba, uh, currently have a special uh, style of government. Uh, moreover, Venezuela in particular, with a lack of uh, uh, governmental credibility, has a lot of problems that uh, are transcending to the other countries. And, and, and Venezuela has a moderate racial support, actually. Uh, our responsibility uh, is to remain vigilant to the threats uh, that can be generated and counteract them through the international channels in order to preserve the legitimacy and legality uh, and protect the international order. Um, uh, we can clearly see that Russia is trying to expand its influence over the continent, especially in Venezuela. They have close ties with the oil industry, and in face of this serious economic crisis and social crisis in Venezuela, so they found a, a very good ground to expand their influence by means of financial and military aid. If that help, if that aid will will be changing, will change the stability in the region, we don't know, but we hope that they, they can't uh, change the balance of power and the structure of the, the, the South America, because, you know, it's one of the most stable and most peaceful regions in the world, so we don't want that to change. Absolutely. Um, Venezuela was a topic of discussion for both of, both of you. Obviously, the economic crisis is serious. The human crisis is serious there. Uh, do you see a peaceful solution to that crisis um, on the horizon? Of course, a uh, peaceful solution is possible, but this uh, requires the commitment and unity of the international community, uh, especially the countries that make up uh, of organization of American states. Uh, a non-spaceful sol solution uh, will be severe consequence for regional stability, especially for Colombia, because Colombia and Venezuela share a symbiotic relationship uh, that involves economy, military, uh, security, and society. Uh, however, the international uh, support must be provided adequate tools to Venezuela citizens so they can resolve the situation for themselves. An international organization must, must establish uh, policies to apply to Venezuela regime to protect uh, the population. I think that a peaceful solution is possible. Mm. What we need is to reform, to reorganize the country, especially the democratic system. You know, this crisis was not a result, a result of a natural disaster or a civil war. So they have all the resources they need to reorganize the country and to make it work again. They just need some help and some support to, to make that the, the institutions to work properly again.
All right, and then uh, as a last question, looking towards the future, um, the Colombian uh, military is a, is a NATO partner, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, obviously, there's the U.S.-Columbia Action Plan and your uh, contributions to security in, in largely Central America and the Caribbean. And then uh, the Brazilian military is a significant contributor to U.N. peacekeeping operations. And then Brazil as a nation is also a member of the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, or BRICS uh, organization. Um, those are expansion or international roles that uh, your nations and your militaries have are taking and are kind of beginning to take. Um, what do you see as security projection in the future for your militaries? Or do you think it'll just remain similar to what we're seeing now? Colombia has a lot of experience to contribute, not only to the region, but to, uh, but also to the world. Uh, in different areas, like uh, counter-terrorism, counter-narcotics, counter-insurgency, uh, and countering uh, improvised explosive devices. Uh, that is a big issue now in different countries like Afghanistan, Iraq, some countries in Africa, even in some countries in Central America. Uh, as such, Colombia understands that the regional security uh, condition is an important part of uh, national security and it is national interest. Uh, in my perspective, uh, Colombia will become an increasing important player in the region and benchmark the, for international security. Uh, the lesson learned after more than 50 years in an internal conflict should be shared and should promote the development of Colombia as a regional power. Uh, with these peacekeeping missions, we learn very important lessons that later were applied to our own security problems in our favelas and our big cities. And we must at least keep this effort to help in other countries. And we are, in fact, uh, getting ready to another peacekeeping missions. You know, the 80 mission was finished last year. So we are preparing our troops and our organizations to get involved in another mission in the African continent so that we can face new challenges and we prove, uh, improve our forces, our uh, institutions to, to take uh, another, uh, to play a very prominent role in another country to help them with their problems and, and at the same time learn things that will benefit our own country. Well, that's it for now. I really want to thank uh, both of you for your time and uh, contributing to our, our blog. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Over the Horizon podcast. Do you want to continue the conversation? Connect with us on our website, othjournal.com, on Facebook at OTHMDOS, on Twitter at OTH underscore MDOS, or by searching for Over the Horizon on LinkedIn. We also invite your feedback on Apple Podcasts or your podcast client.